corporate sometimes will look at you and go, yeah, you're not the right fit. And that's crushing, absolutely crushing. But realize, guys, if you're here and you're fighting the good fight, you are a winner. Welcome to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground, where we talk about supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity with everyone from academics, historians, and business leaders. With your hosts, Chloe Guidry-Reed and Adam Moore, you'll hear inspiring stories and practical tips for overcoming challenges and gaining insight into supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity. Let's dive in. This episode is brought to you by Higher Ground. Higher Ground is a technology company whose mission is to bridge the wealth gap through access to procurement opportunities. Higher Ground is making the enterprise ecosystem more viable, profitable, and competitive by clearing the path for minority-led, women-led, LGBT-led, and veteran-led small businesses to contribute to the global economy as suppliers to enterprise organizations. For more information on getting started, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H-I-R-E-G-R-O-U-N-D.io. Now on to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. I'm Adam Moore here in studio again with Chloe Goodry-Reed, and today we're ringing in the new year by taking a look at how you can plan and strategize for a profitable 2023. Having a clear vision and mission is vital to achieving goals and reaching new heights for your business. So let's dive into how you can set yourself up for success this year. First of all, Chloe, it's good to be back in studio uh, in 2023. I can't believe we're actually saying that today. I cannot believe it either. I can't believe we're in 2023. I just got used to writing 2022. I know. It always feels that way, doesn't it? Yes. And I can't believe we're three years past 2020. Yeah. COVID. I mean, I just can't, I just, I feel like that just went by in a blink. I know. And for everybody who's kind of new to the podcast, um, this podcast was born out of us uh, putting it together during COVID. So um, I know I was talking to somebody about it the other day and they're like, oh, you have a podcast. Rec- uh, and I was like, yeah. And believe it or not, we're, we're entering into our third year of recording. So this is uh, exciting, not just to kick off the new year, but to be like, wow, here we are, year three, doing it some more and still having a great time, I'll add. Yes, a wonderful time. I've really enjoyed all the discussions that we've had. Yes. enjoyed yes. also hearing how valuable and how informative the content that we've produced and the interviews that we've had have been to our listeners. Yep, yep, exactly, exactly. Those are those are the best. So it's kind of a little cute, everybody out there listening to us, if, you know, don't, uh, don't be shy. Leave us a message. Tell us how we have been helping you. This has been absolutely uh, amazing, this journey together, uh, you know, and the downloads. Guys, this is awesome. You guys just keep downloading our content. And Chloe and I cannot thank you enough for it. What is it? I think it's what, a little over 30,000. 30,000. Yeah, I, just, I, was, I almost robbed us of a zero. Thank you. <laughs> yes, yes. 30,000 downloads, which only encourages us to... Yes. You guys are on with this and it only validates that we're talking about the right things. And yeah. if you guys have suggestions for topics or guests, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. We want this to be as useful and as helpful for both suppliers and practitioners as you guys continue to be on the supplier diversity journey. Yeah. And I think we got some exciting topics coming up this year too, but so much stuff to talk about. So much stuff to talk about. You know, one thing that I always think about at the top of the year 
year. Well, sort of at the end of the year is really kind of looking back at what we did for the year. And then January is all about execution and communicating those plans and right. about our audiences and, you know, how can small business owners plan and strategize for the year ahead right. and set up tactics with confidence and communicate those plans to their team and to their customers in early January. I mean, I think that there's a lot of different ways and a lot of different approaches, but I'd love to hear your thoughts, Adam. Yeah. You know, I think that's great. And this is something I always work with when I am mentoring a company and that is sitting down and understanding the very first thing and we talk about this a bunch of you just really have to understand where it is that you want to wind up at the end of the year, right? Is it we want to launch a new line? Is it we want to have a 10% growth? Is it we just want to maintain what we're doing right now because we just that's just where we are? Is it I need to get policy and procedures in place? Is it I need to have a more robust HR? I think a lot of times when we start talking about tactics and what we want future plans are, you know, we sit down, we start trying to make these grandiose things when in reality, maybe it's just a progression, right? Maybe it is just a, we've never had a standard HR practice. Let's put one in place. Right. Maybe it is a, um, we've always talked about uh, expanding this product line. Well, what does that look like? Right. Uh, it doesn't have to be, oh, we're going to, you know, grow and, and, and become a national distributor, your tactics have to make sense and they have to be a mirror of who you guys are as a corporation. Absolutely. Right. And I, and I think a lot of times on this show, uh, you know, we talk about our businesses uh, being a, an extension of us in some portion. Right. And I think that's the amazing thing about the small and diverse business community. As I talk to more and more business leaders and owners, mm -hmm. their businesses are a reflection of their personality and really their lifestyle. Right. And and so you need to make sure that whatever tactic it is that you're setting up or, or, or plan and strategy that you're setting up, it's in harmony with who you are as an owner and who you are as a business. Yes. Right? And and so I take a lot of look at that. And when I'm when I'm mentoring these businesses, I'm like, really truly, tell me what you are envisioning. You know, where do you want to be when we're having this conversation next year? It's kind of like a lot of the same conversation I have with people. It's like, when we have this conversation in 20 years when you're retiring, where is this whole thing going to end? Right. And I so the same thing. I take that kind of same question. I just shorten the time period. Where are you going to be in a year, right? What do we want to try to accomplish this year? And and the other thing, too, is a lot of times when we're starting to set plans and tactics in place, whether it's the beginning of the year or the beginning of our business, we've, we we set these timelines like, and we have to finish it by X. Sometimes a great plan is we're just going to start it. Sometimes the plan is we're just going to strategize it and kind of map it out, maybe storyboard it right a little bit and and understand where it's going to go and what the possibilities are that could ebb and flow from it that's a great strategy too right strategy does not always have to mean flag in the ground mission accomplished we're done moving on to next absolutely sometimes the tactic is we just need to develop the plan to understand where we want to be in two or three years so again you got to sit down understand where you are where do you want to go what makes sense? What do you have the capacity to do? Because sometimes we can try to put plans in place and we don't have the people in our stable to execute, right? And and so you've got to look at that too and go, well, maybe my strategy is just, I know I want to accomplish X, but I got to hire, you know, two new managers and, you know, an accountant. 
Uh, and that's the strategy. Find the right people to fit inside your organization. And I know, Chloe, we, you and I have talked about this a lot. If you don't hire the right people in your organization to help you fill out these tactics that are kind of a an extension of you, you've, you've, you're going to have an issue at the end of the day, right? You're going to have conflict. There's a whole bunch of things that can go wrong because people are just always an X factor. We talk about that, right? I mean, uh, it, it, you just don't know sometimes. So yeah, one thing you can't control. Right, exactly. But what about you? I mean, you are the business owner, right? You're you are the business owner on this podcast. Like when you sit down with your team, and you know you got a great group of people over there uh, who I get to talk to all the time. What? How are you guys? You give us a yeah. I would challenge you on that. I'd say amazing group of people. I will capitulate the argument and and give it to you without fight, <laughs> um, because I know them all so well. But give us a peek, kind of under the tent. On how you do it. Give us a live example. Yeah. I mean, I think for us, the first step is starting with why, right? Yeah. So right. making sure that we know what our purpose is as an organization. And then everything, if that's our foundation, building on top of that makes it a little easier because yeah. we can always go back to that in terms of when we think about tactics and we think about strategies for the new year. Does this tie back to our purpose and to our goal as an organization? So allows the leaders on our team to feel empowered when making decisions around different pathways that they want to take is if they use our purpose as an organization, as their guide, you know, does this align what whatever it is that they're trying to do with our purpose, then nine times out of 10, you know, they feel empowered to go ahead and, and move forward as opposed to me creating a bottleneck around, you know, deciding whether we should do X versus Y. So starting with our why, why we're here, what we're doing, and making sure that everyone knows that. So communicating that across the organization. And I think also leading by example, any goals and strategies that I'm setting at the top, making sure that I'm sharing with everyone across our team how this ties into our purpose and our mission and also aligns with our values. So that I think is one of the main drivers is number one, what's our purpose and do any of the goals that we have both quantitative and qualitative, are they still in line with this? And sometimes you can make goals and strategies and tactics in a vacuum and it can take you off course that are, it's not around you know, what your purpose is as an organization. And I think that if you use that, your purpose statement as a guiding light for how you build out your strategy annually, then inevitably, you know, you will continue to to see that purpose come to life. And, you know, I think you brought up a very interesting point, and that is our plans and tactics shouldn't be made in a vacuum. Maybe they are being made in a vacuum, but they shouldn't be made in a vacuum, right? right. You do have to get the buy-in from your staff. Yes, you are the owner, right, Chloe? I mean, this is your business. You are 100%. If you decided to walk in and go, this is the way we're going to do it, and we're going to do it this way, you know, nobody's going to challenge you. But that's not the way to handle it. Right. Because you do have to have the buy in. You do have to have the collateral thought. And that's why we hire these smart people to be around us. Right. Right. I remember one business owner saying they want to make sure they're the 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 least educated person in the room. Right. 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 That's smart. the business that's owner saying smart. that. Very smart. Yeah. 
there's yeah, yeah. exactly so i i think what you brought up is fantastic and that is it's all well and good for us to make these plans but if we don't socialize them like you right. said right. if we don't get the buy-in and then have that honest gut check then we we could be missing the mark entirely we, we, we could be missing a segment a segment of business or a new segment of business that we could have done a lot in if we don't listen and you know learn from those around us. So I think that was a fantastic point. And you know our org is structured a little differently. I mean, yes, true. I, I started and I'm the founder, but most everyone, especially right now and in, in the life cycle of our business, have ownership in the company. Right. So there is a level of responsibility. For everyone in the right. organization. And so as a result of that, I definitely don't make decisions in isolation because they don't just affect me. Right. And, you know, even for our solopreneurs out there, right, you shouldn't do it. You should be part of a trade group or um, have two or three other business owners that you're loosely associated with to run ideas by. Right. It is okay. it is always a fantastic idea to have another sounding board, a mentor, a board, a good friend, uh, somebody that is associated with the business, but not like dependent upon it, right? They'll give you that honest opinion. That's a fantastic resource to have for this type of thing. And to your point earlier about, you know, hiring talented people, I mean, if you hire really, really talented people, I think getting there, you know, help them helping with building out that strategy is also like right. first things first, right? So right. get their buy-in and they feel some level of ownership around the plan as well. So we miss that too. Exactly. At the top of the show, we talked about um, our podcast was born out of the pandemic. And during yes. the pandemic, we were always talking about the ability to pivot, yes. right? And I'm sure we got some people out there right now thinking, you know, Adam and Chloe, this is great. This is pie in the sky kind of stuff. You guys are talking, you know, business 101 utopia. And, you know, you set a plan and the life and economy and the world just happens the way you thought it was going to happen. Right. When I was in the infantry, we had a phrase and that was a plan is only good until the first round is fired. So, you know, it's going to change the minute you go to execute it. So talk a little bit about, how important is it to be able to change? You set a plan, you spend all this time planning, you get people to kind of vet in, buy in, go, yes, we're behind you 100% boss, let's go, and then life happens. Yeah. I mean, I think as soon as you realize that there is a pivot that may need to happen, bringing in your leaders and thinking through, you know, and talking through what you mm -hmm. mean as a group is the, the first step. And then I think making sure you're getting buy-in from your team members, because what you don't want anyone feeling like is that there's been wasted work, particularly if you have to pivot halfway in a project. Right. Strategies right. change, right? And strategies mm -hmm. change and you want to be respectful of, of the work that's been done, but also make sure that you're communicating why there needs to be a pivot or why there's all of a sudden a change. And making sure that you understand the benefit and can articulate the benefit of that pivot. Right. Whether it be financial, whether it be organizational, sure. it be client focused, whatever it is. I think communication is key, but the execution of that, because sometimes people, and I've seen this happen, is they don't want to pivot. They're so tied to a particular strategy. They're so vested in it that it's just very, very hard from a mind shift perspective to pivot. Oh. 
Yes. And that's something that you got to be aware of if that is, if, you know, you're inclined to do that and pull in people who may be able to help you with that, either on your team or Adam, to your point uh, earlier, finding outside support, maybe it's board members, colleagues, Mm -hmm. confidants, whatever it may be, but um, helping you with making that decision quickly because like anything, when it's time to pivot, you got to do it on a dime and you got to execute with precision. Yeah. And I think that that that's an excellent point. So tell me or kind of walk us through maybe some of your uh, mental exercises, right? As you're looking at this and whatever it is has changed, right? The market has changed. What in your mind helps you signal the difference between, uh-oh, this is a full-blown pivot as opposed to, uh, this is just a slight setback. Right. We're not abandoning the plan. We're not going to make a full hard pivot. This is just, you know, we've just got to adapt and overcome. What in your mind kind of helps define the difference between those two? Because I'll tell you, sometimes when I'm talking to new business owners, this is what keeps them up at night. Right. They're like, man, I have a plan in play. I I have a, you know, a business plan. I, I have a strategy. I'm listening to your podcast, but what makes, you know, in your mind, and it's going to be different for everybody, right? And I think we need to make sure we 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 say that, that, you know, you have to be so in tune to your business and know what your business is, what your market is, where do you fit in the market, yeah. right? And, and, and so it all changes. So you take what we say as a, as a guidance, but for you, Chloe, personally, running your business, what is that differentiator? What do you look for to go, oh, so just a bump? will, you know, adapt, overcome or nope, kind of make a hard pivot. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a, it, de- it depends on what it is, but generally sure. It, it, sure. if it's, if it's over budget, if it's over the time that we've allotted for it mm-hmm. and there's no value, it's like the three stake legged stool. Like I don't yeah. value you right now and it's over budget and we're behind yeah. doing, why are we yeah. This And we kind of need to address all three of those areas, right? To what's the value of this project or this initiative? Yep. Why is it over budget now? You know, yep. We have done, where, did we not anticipate this correctly? Right. And why right. didn't it meet the timeline that we set? And right. we need to evaluate how much more time, money, effort, and energy do we need to put into this to see mm-hmm. completion? Who's involved in that? Mm-hmm. Those people have going on right now. And then you have to make a decision, a business decision. But then I think it goes back to the final decision is what's the value of this outcome if we pull all these different people who need to be involved now? You know, how long is that going to take? And, and is the the value, is the output as value as valuable as we initially thought it would be at the juncture? So those are the kind of things that I kind of look at in deciding whether we need to pivot or not. And I have to tell you, I think that's a pretty good strategy. To be honest, you know, that's a, that's adaptable, I think, and, and scalable to different businesses. Yeah. But I, I think the other thing, too, is we need to make sure that our listeners understand that if, if you have to pivot or you have to adapt and overcome or change or, or abandon your, your your plan that you put together at the top of the year altogether, for whatever mm-hmm. reason is, that's not a failure. No. Right. And and I think sometimes that's a, a hard thing that I have in, in working with my protégés like, Adam. We spent all this time finding out what five goals we were going to meet, and we put all these plans to play, and we're doing something entirely different than what we set out from, right? And they feel almost like they've wasted my time. And I'm like, no, not at all. What this means is you're actually in the business, and you're understanding what's happening, and you're reacting to it, exactly. which I would much rather see a business owner abandon a plan, say, uh-uh, nope, we've got to change direction. 
we got to reinvent whatever it is and be successful than be so dogged like this is the plan and we are staying to it come hell or high water, right? And we are not moving away from it. That is dangerous. Yeah. Right. That is it's almost as dangerous as not having a plan. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So. Please, guys and gals, understand that if you have to abandon the plan and there's a rationale behind it, you're like, we really have got to do this. That's a success. Anything that we do to adapt our business and make ourselves successful and be there the next January, if you're here in January of 2024, still running your business, still being successful in what you're doing, you're a success. You are 100% a success. And I think sometimes we need to... We, we need to pump up our listeners, you know, Chloe, we need to pump them up and let them realize if they're doing this, you guys are winners, right? 100%. Sometimes when, yeah. And when you deal with corporate America, sometimes you can walk away going, oh my goodness, I suck, right? Because I'm not big enough. I don't have uh, the right, because corporate sometimes will look at you and go, yeah, you're not the right fit. And that's crushing, absolutely crushing. But realize, guys, if you're here and you're fighting the good fight, you are a winner. Yeah. And you can't be crushed by those things because you're no everybody. You That's the thing. And so for me, you know, as a leader, mindset is so important because I see those opportunities as God just closing doors so that I know which door to actually walk into. Amen. And pass the plate. <laughs> yes, yeah. So I think it's it's about that and thinking that you're too small and they're too big. Well, there's some advantages to being small. You can Exactly. Because we all know that large organizations move like cruise ships and you right. need to move, you know, like a steamboat or like, a, you know, like a little speedboat. Exactly. Exactly. And so you have to think about what makes you unique and keeping right. that top of mind. So yeah, definitely mindset and, and staying positive. But stay positive, our listeners, guys. Exactly. Maybe practitioners or small business owners, you know, you got to 2023. That is amazing. And yep. you, yeah, you're 100%. And for our corporates out there listening to us, let's let's give a round of applause to our small business owners, right? They're, those are brave men and women out there doing this. So let's yes. let's pump them up. We might not be able to use them, but let's 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 pump them up. Yeah. So let, let's talk about and you brought it up in your discussion on, on how you work with with your amazingly uh, awesome team. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the communication of the business strategy. Yeah. Right. And, and that is a very important thing to do. And sometimes I think business owners have the idea when we're talking about communicating with our employees or even with portions of our leadership team, executive team, however you have it set up, mm-hmm. it means opening up the kimono and revealing everything, right? Mm-hmm. And I tell business owners, I'm like, we're on paper. That sounds amazing. In reality, might not be the best practice in the world, right? Right. Um, there's an old saying that too much truth can kill a man mm-hmm. and it can be that way for the business owner too. Right. Mm-hmm. And not that I'm saying we're lying or withholding information or not filling in our employees on key parts and pieces. Right. But there are sometimes we have a strategy and you're like, you know, maybe we are going to close a warehouse. Maybe, right. you know, we are going to downsize because we've automated and those are good business strategies. Right. They are. But, do we need to communicate that to the line workers like right away? Probably not. Probably. Right. Yeah. We, exactly. Because we have to sometimes being a leader and having a strategy is communicating bad news, right? Losing your job is in anybody's book, bad news. 
And so we need to make sure we have a good communication plan around that. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes I see that kind of failing in small business. There's no thought given to the communication plan, good, bad, and different. You know, it's just, it's an always going to be an email. It's always going to be a phone call. You know, what is the delivery method that we're going to bring in? Is it going to be a town hall meeting? Is this an email? Uh, you know, is this a one-on-one with somebody? Yeah. We really have to give a lot of thought on the communication and how we deliver this message to our various stakeholders and those people being impacted by our plans. 100%. I agree with everything that you're saying. I think my philosophy is just slightly slightly different and that maybe this where we are in the evolution of our business, but I'm all about transparency early and often so that everyone knows what's going on. And I think when you're doing things and operating from a place of integrity and honesty and are upfront with your team, particularly your leaders on why you're making some of these decisions and also hearing their feedback, everyone appreciates that. And everyone See, you know, and particularly when everyone has an ownership stake in the organization, if we're making decisions, you know, because it's, you know, maybe it's a division that's no longer profitable and bringing us all down. I don't see how any other leader would then challenge that, you know, and that's not emotionally driven. Right. So. Right. Right. When I think when there's large changes in general, being as transparent as possible at around the why. And I, I right. go back to this. Even we do. Yeah. Good stuff. Why are you pivoting and making sure that you fully understand that before communicating it to the team, but the same around communicating what's the purpose of this communication and what information should you be communicating and to whom is the planning piece of that communication pieces, um, the communication plan. But I always feel like being transparent is is good because I don't like to be caught off guard by things. Sure. And so I try to make sure that I give people enough runway to to think about things and to also process just ideas or strategies that I have. Mm-hmm. So transparency is 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 critical too. Yeah. No, I, I I would have to agree with that too. I think there's a right, that's the art and science of being a business owner right, is understanding, like you said, transparency. We never want to um, delude or deceive our employees, right? Right. right. But also we have to realize sometimes Mm -hmm. what's better for the organization as a whole, right? Because it is still, a you know, we need to treat our businesses as a living, breathing organism almost. So it's not that they don't get this communication, it's just timing. So, you know, what is the right timing and to whom? Yep. This is what makes... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is what makes small business so, uh, so rewarding and frustrating all in the same breath. But I, you know, I often think that if you do the proper planning, so when we mm-hmm. go back to evaluating results and planning for the new year, right. yeah, you know, you should see some of these things coming a mile away. If oh yeah, you're about them. Yeah. So I think careful planning and and thoughtfulness is at the very least, you know, something that you could you should be able to do. Yeah, I, I completely agree. You know, and I often say when I'm I'm talking to small business owners, if you're surprised by something at the end of the year, you weren't managing a certain process appropriately throughout the year. Right. 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 Exactly. Uh, to your point, we need to whatever it is that it comes up at the end of the year that we need to take a correct a corrective action on. We should have known about it months ahead of time. 
Exactly. And it should not be a, what do you mean that happened to us this year? Right. Reaction uh, by the owner. So, and, and so I think it's very important that one of the pieces is when you're setting up the strategy, make sure you have a good evaluation mm. of your previous year. Absolutely. Right. How did we end? Did we end where we thought we were going to? Mm-hmm. If yes, what were the successes? Why did we hit it? Yeah. Right. If not, why did we miss it? Were we short of the goal? Were we over the goal? Did we blow, you know, do we not even get near the goal? What happened? Right. right? You have to have a very honest and sometimes excoriating evaluation of how you guys perform. You as a business owner, your leaders as leaders, and your, you know, employees and as employees. How did everybody do? And, you know, when we were both in corporate America, I think we hated year-end reviews, right? It was uh, it, so many jokes, so many cartoons out there uh, that that totally, you know, mock and spoof year-end reviews. But on the opposite side, I don't see a lot of small businesses doing them either in a yeah. organized, meaningful way, right. right? Now, I don't don't mean that we need to now start, you know, if, maybe you don't need to evaluate every employee, but you do need, at minimum, do a yearly review of the business. I would say yeah. you need to have a yearly review done of you as the business leader, right? which sometimes a lot of people are like, well, what do you mean? <laughs> I, I'm the final authority. I, I don't need to be evaluated. Oh, yes, you do. I think one of the greatest tools out there, and there's a lot of other small businesses doing this, have somebody come in and just do an anonymous survey of your employees. Absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. A 360 review on how you do as a leader is eye-opening. But you have to you have to receive that in the right spirit, too. Yeah. You know? And you might sit there and go, I don't do that. Well, if somebody thinks you do, then the reality is whether you like it or not or think you do or do not, you do. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I tell my children this all the time. It's like, I don't care how you said it, however it is perceived by the third party, that's how you communicated it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, 100%. Perception is reality how... is what I Thank you. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Perception yes. is reality. Yes. Yeah, and, you know, when you have these reviews done, don't limit it to your employees. Have people talk to your customers. Yes. Right? Yeah. You'll learn a lot about how you are as a business owner by the people you do business with. I think that those are all great, great suggestions to for business owners to make sure that they're properly evaluating themselves, checking themselves, but it allows them to self-reflect on some of that feedback as well. Yeah. Yeah. And going back to what do you plan for in a new year? Mm-hmm. Take that 360 and maybe you need to improve on uh, employee engagement. Right. right? Okay. That, now you now have a goal, right? Beyond, I want to gain 5% in my industry. And, and, and that's important too, because I think sometimes, you know, when we sit down, we think taxes and goals, and this happens even, you know, to all of us, we think operationally, right? right. Cut costs, automate, expand, conquer, grow. We never think sit there and go, well, how do we water those that are working with us, right? right? How do I grow my talent? And I don't know about you, but even as we go and we talk to corporates now, now that I'm on the MBE side myself, it, we're getting challenged in boardrooms now like, well, so what are you doing to you know, make sure that your people you're putting in our, our business are growing? You know, are ready to tackle the new challenge. You know, what is what is your plan to grow your personnel, right? I never said that to anybody as a corporate. <laughs> now, now I'm starting to see it. And I'm like, wow, that's a that's a new one. But it just shows you the importance of again, 
we'll point back to COVID again. People are very much more in tune to it's more than just the business. What are you doing for the folks around you? Right. Right. Which I think is absolutely wonderful. Yeah. It's what are you doing for the folks around you? What are you doing in the community? I think we've been so much more conscientious of that since COVID is the communities that we've decided to, that have risen to the top, right? Because when you were isolated and you had all these different things going on, all these different people you were hanging out, all these different things that you were involved in. Right. I think there was a natural progression of, well, these are the things when we were coming out of it and able to visit, you know, kind of visit, you know, so you still be mindful of who you were with and how you were spending your time because, you know, we're still not accepted. And so you had to really be thoughtful about, okay, how do I want to be spending my time? How do I want to show up in the community as you know, a civil servant as that may be. But, you know, I think that we started thinking a little bit more about the people just in sheer proximity, you know, who are we engaging with in our community? And that may be work, it may be your neighborhood, it may be your city. But I think that there's been a lot more intentionality around that as well. I think that is an amazing point and and something else that we need to make sure people are adding to their roadmaps. And that is, what are you doing from a volunteer standpoint? Yeah, yeah. You know, how are you guys giving back? I think that's one of the most wonderful things as business owners is Mm -hmm. if you actually have a wonderful opportunity to impact the community in which you grew up in, in which you work in, you know, in which you live in daily, that is so much more meaningful than than just about anything else we can do to help you know close divides uh on so many different areas right whether it be a health divide a digital divide i mean we can have an entire show just about that but really look at that how can your business help your community yes right and and it's again you know if we all start reaching back it's just an amazing thing what can be done And, and that is something i think a lot of people think about that in their personal lives Right. They go and and they volunteer or they help a neighbor. But as a corporate entity. Right. And we always like we keep saying, think of our businesses as an extension of ourselves. How can the business reach back and help out? Do I need to mentor startups? Do I need to, uh, you know, mentor a college student, a high school student? Um, You know, what can I do to help with that? And those are all wonderful things. And they don't have to be grandiose plans. Again, a little bit of help goes a long way. A little bit of it goes a long way. And I just, I want to, I don't want to interrupt you, but I want, that's such a great point. And I want to just echo it because go for it. when we think about supplier diversity practitioners, a lot of times I hear, you know, we're trying to increase our spend. We're trying to do this. We're trying to increase yeah. this. We're trying. How about focusing on developing the suppliers that you have today? There's always yeah. this afterthought around yes. mentoring Yes. Buyers that are in your supply chain today and act. Yes. How can we grow these? And that is, I think, sometimes a miss is supplier development and how that can be an act of service as well, you know, for your organization is we've got all these great internal resources. How can I pull some of these internal resources to help some of our suppliers, our diverse suppliers grow? Yes. Develop a, huge miss. Yeah. And that develop, is a huge miss. And develop a plan that doesn't even cost you hardly anything because you've got this expertise inside your large organization. And I, you know, I would venture to say if you asked one of your colleagues, hey, could you spend an hour or two, you know, someone from the finance team or someone from HR, 
with this supplier because one of their goals is X. And I know this is in your wheelhouse. You know, I venture to say they say yes. Exactly. I would definitely think so. And the other thing, too, is we often, and I still hear it, no matter what side of the aisle that I find myself, we don't have a diverse supplier that can deliver X product. Okay, well, you probably have a pool of like really high level go getting a plus player suppliers in your pool and people will go yeah i'm like well what about training one of them to do it and then helping give them the funding the education something right to help them produce that product for you because now what have we done now i've created opportunity in a market that needs a product and you've actually helped them with capacity planning as well thank you capacity and growth and i mean that's something to be acknowledged and celebrated. Again, I think I just heard an entire podcast topic come to life on this show live once again. <laughs> well, we'll save that for next time because you're right. I feel like any of these topics we could. Oh my goodness. Yes. Go deep into. Yes. This could turn into a three hour episode. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening and be sure to connect with us on LinkedIn at Chloe Gidry Reed and Adam Moore. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcast and check out our previous shows. Stay tuned for next time. Thank you for listening to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. We are grateful for the time you spend with us in participating in these conversations. Please review and rate and share our show as we are focused on growing awareness in the supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity space. If you'd like more information, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H-I-R-E ground dot I-O. Thank you for being here and we look forward to seeing you next week.